Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on power electronics technologies and products featured on powerelectronicsnews.com and through other Aspencore media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial and consumer. Here is your host, Editor-in-Chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and EEWeb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio. Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of Power Up. Today we'll talk about uh, gallium nitride, powering efficiency and performance of systems with GAN. In today's episode, we will provide insights into the latest backroots in power systems and semiconductor technology, as well as an exciting development known as SuperGAN from Transform. This technology promises increased performance, enhanced designability, and reduced device costs that brings GAN closer to silicon transistor pricing. The guest of this episode is Philip Zuck, Senior Vice President, Business Development and Marketing at Transform. Transform and other companies such as Nexperia manufacture normally off-cascode devices. A primary benefit of this configurational strategy is the backward compatibility gate driver with Silicon MOSFET. Let's talk with Philip. I have a couple of questions to share with him. Hi, Philip. Thanks a lot for coming on. How is it going? It's going well. You know, 2024 looks like a good year. Uh, lots of activity. Um, had a good had a good vacation. Hope you had a, a nice holiday season as well. Good. Yes. So today uh, we will talk about uh, GAN, gallium nitride, uh, in particular uh, GAN technology from Transform. Before going into details, uh, so tell us uh, uh, tell uh, our community more about uh, about you. So give us uh, a little bit of your background to our community. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, I want to thank you for this opportunity to be on your uh, Power Up podcast. I started my uh, my career as a system design engineer developing microcontroller-based custom electronics and point-of-load power supplies for off-road equipment. Since then, I've been involved with MEMS, RFID, and over the past 20 or so years, high-voltage and high-power technologies that use silicon silicon carbide and gallium nitride with companies such as Fairchild, Semi, uh, Microsemi, uh, Vichet Siliconics, and now Transform, where I lead the organization's product marketing, marketing communications, factory applications, and business development. Good. So can you tell our listeners more about uh, the SuperGAN and uh, its next generation and uh, features, innovative features, as I mentioned at, uh, at the start, so such as increased performance and simplified designability, so, but also advantages, differences between uh, uh, different various technologies such as Cascode, Emote, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. You know, before um, jumping into our current Super GAN technology and its corresponding features, I'd like to review for your listeners Transform's vertical integration strategy. Um, this this strategy, um, yeah, I think it, I think it's an important part of the you know our foundation of, of of our technology, and it directly ties into our technological development and why our normally off D mode leads the high voltage GAN market. You know, GAN is, you know, is new to power electronics, um, but not to other markets where it's used in LEDs, RF power amplifiers, you know, RF power in general and optics. You know, it's a lateral device and offers 
manufacturing performance and cost advantages over silicon and silicon carbide. You know, <clears throat> with Transform being a vertically integrated uh, organization, owning and controlling the design, epi, and manufacturing processes provides us firsthand knowledge and understanding of how these critical development stages interact with one another. This is why one of our mottos is, you know, best in class reliability with performance to match. And has given us extensive experience in understanding the advantages supported by fundamental physics, as well as unmatched capability of our normally off demo technology. So this, <clears throat> this actually allows us to provide our customers with their most robust and reliable device across the widest breadth of power in the market. Production applications and design ends are plentiful from low through high power and markets, you know, that include, you know, computing, industrial, infrastructure, IT, renewable energy, aerospace, and other mission-critical applications. This strategy also enables us to innovate like no other GAN or wideband GAF supplier. You know, this results in the demonstration of our last year with our 1,200-volt GAN on Sapphire and our short-circuit <clears throat> current limiting technology that we've um, demonstrated to provide up to five microseconds of short-circuit protection as well as other leading leading edge developments. So getting back to your original question about our SuperGAN um, flagship technology and it's, you know, it's kind of its advantages and its evolution. You know, it's a leading, you know, leading edge normally off demo technology, you know, that uses the native form uh, GAN device for maximum performance paired with a silicon low voltage MOSFET for ease, easy front-end control that offers the most flexibility and most robust gate <clears throat> in the market, <clears throat> resulting, excuse me, <clears throat> resulting from, you know, uh, you know, resulting in devices that span the power spectrum um, up to seven and a half kilowatts in production today. The SuperGAN structure is a simple two-chip solution, either die-by-die die for low power or die-on-die die for medium and high power. Actually, not that much different than co-packaging a silicon IGBT with an anti-parallel diode that is well known, well understood, and has been offered in the market for decades. Both technologies provide ease of design and drivability, except SuperGAN offers the GAN advantage. And what we call this is we actually call this nature's gift, the two-degree electron gas current channel that spontaneously occurs between the two ungapped layers of GAN and LGAN. You know, as an example of our technology's flexibility, designers can use our latest TU247 4-lead devices for either new designs or to drop in pin-to-pin uh, -pin, um, with uh, existing silicon or silicon carbide MOSFETs and use off-the-shelf gate drivers with simplified gate drive circuitry. So <clears throat> our technology is it's highly robust, reliable solution and it's also JETIC and ACQ qualified and is in volume production again almost to almost uh, 10 kilowatts today. You know, we created this technology, device technology and structure, and structure to enable customers versus challenging them and offering them comfortability with its silicon front end, providing the advantages of high performance GAN. When it comes to future generations, we will continue to build on the normally off D-mode foundation, providing customers with increased performance and offerings with compelling price to performance ratios. Now, you, you talked to, uh, you asked a question about the differences between E-mode and D-mode. And as you know, we've done a considerable amount of work on that over the last six months, right? And you actually reported on it. Um, 
And this is, you know, even though emote and demote both offer nature's gift, the two deck, this is where the similarity sees. One, when one converts the GAN from its native depletion mode to enhancement mode, its performance is minimized and reliability jeopardized. Unfortunately, some of these differences are based on fundamental physics that cannot be altered. You can also evolve the technology with, with design changes and improve manufacturing efficiencies, but one cannot change the laws of physics. You know, when converting from depletion to enhancement mode, you get results like a solution with a sensitive gate to overvoltage damage and sporadic turn on when high DVDT is present. An increased temperature coefficient of resistance of approximately 30% over temperature and dynamic threshold resulting in a 30% increase in dynamic on resistance on every switching cycle. Now, if you look at low power adapters, high voltage E mode is acceptable as you can just you know, throw more silicon at it. But as power levels increase and as EMO saturation current decreases over temperature, paralleling is required, ultimately reducing system density, performance, reliability, and increases in cost. Not to mention that E-mode is also more difficult to manufacture. This is why at Transform, we use creativity to keep things simple by using GAN in a way it wants to and is intended. So the, the super GAN told fat is, uh, is uh, being introduced as uh, the industry's first topside cooled surface mount GAN device. Could you, may you explain the significance of this uh, development and how it benefits customers in terms of thermal, thermal issues, thermal management and manufacturing processes? Yeah, definitely. You know, the top side cooled package technology has been around for decades, right? It's been used in low voltage MOSFETs for quite a while, but it's never really gained traction in high voltage. So um, with GAN switching at a minimum of two times faster than other wideband gap semiconductors, top side cooled solutions have now re-entered the discussions and offered their own set of value propositions. So as you know, we offer our super GAN technology in the standard TO. TO247, TO220 packages, you know, with the TO247 both in three and four lead, which drop into silicon and silicon carbide four leaded sockets. They are packages that are easy to use and offer the industry's best discrete thermal management. They do, though, suffer from high lead and package inductance compared to the surface mount counterparts. <clears throat> so through evolution, it kind of looks like this. When you move from a standard TO style package to a bottom side cooled <clears throat> surface mount version, such as the TOLL or the TOL, which we offer in three versions, the 35, 50, and 72 milliohm, you have now reduced lead and package inductances. This helps decrease switching losses as well as switching noise, but thermal resistance goes up as you're having to now heat sink through a poor thermal resistant FR4 print circuit board material. So then if you take it, go to the next step, you move from a bottom side to a top side cooled version, such as the TOLT or the TOLT, which we are now sampling in a 72 milliohm version, you can maintain the low lead inductance of the SMD and now add the TO thermal management advantage. This also provides designers with more flexibility in their, in their layouts as you can do more efficient route. You have more efficient routing options where you can actually route traces under the device versus around the device, keeping gate loops and uh, power loops nice and small. Now, 
nothing comes for free, as you know, right? There's, you know, typically a, a current uh, custom heat sink is required. So there's definitely manufacturing challenges and costs that are um, incorporated into that. In your introduction, you you mentioned uh, SuperGAN. Let's understand uh, some examples, real-world examples or applications, applications where your technology has made a substantial impact on uh, efficiency, power systems, efficiency, and overall performance. Yeah, you know, this is one of the, um, again, one of the advantages of our normally off-demo technology, especially as we go through higher power. Um, you know, the, you know, <clears throat> And if we want to look at a specific, um, as, you know, as we as we go in higher power and compete against silicon carbide, um, you know, a specific example of this where no other wideband kept technology could actually touch was a 3 kVA data center UPS design. You know, as data center power racks move from today's 15 kilowatts to more than 30 kilowatts, backup battery supplies um, must also mimic this increase. So the task was to reliably take the, our customers 2U form factor 3 kVA silicon UPS and fit it into a 1U. Now this is a two and a half times reduction in size or a 250% increase in power density. You know this this could only be accomplished with our SuperGAN technology. Any other technology that was tried would not actually meet the um, thermal profile or the production thermal profile that was required. Outside of this application, you know, we also have other customers that have transformed their fan-based cooling power supplies to convection cooled in markets like aerospace, defense, and medical, resulting in long-term reliability or increasing their long-term reliability by removing the mechanical fan, which has lower M MTBF. You know, this is a type of transformation that is also of interest to the automotive manufacturers where the high to low voltage DC to DC converter could be made convection cooled, allowing it to be placed anywhere within the vehicle to help further enhance in its industrial design. So the bottom line here is that, you know, GAN offers a solution where you can make it smaller, lighter, and more efficient. So, you know, it runs cooler. And this just, you know, helps in any application that you want to make smaller, right? Um, that's really kind of the bottom line of, of our technology. So a topic that is... Uh would be important in this case is reliability. So um, what are uh, the main issues ensuring the quality and the reliability of wideband gap? Wideband gap uh, such as uh, GAN, of course, but also serum verbite uh, in uh, various applications, various high-performance high uh, designs. So how can long-term performance of wideband gap semiconductors be predicted and ensured, and the rule about uh, reliability models and simulation in this process. Yeah, so that you know that's that's a good question because that you know reliability, especially in the automotive market, is is kind of number one. You know, GAN does not come from the power electronics world. It's not a you know it's not a vertical device. It's a lateral device, um, and it's it's new to power electronics. So this is something that engineers. You know, if, if they go with silicon, you know, everything's going to be good. But if they go with, you know, other wideband gap technologies, they're, they're, you know, I mean, obviously they have concerns, right? So at Transform, you know, I, it's, we really believe that it's important in, in controlling and owning the design Appian process. And these are really critical to providing long-term reliability solutions, especially as power levels increase. You know, owning the supply 
and technology chain has gained us the industry's, you know, highest reliability solution that spans the wide spec power spectrum. You know, <clears throat> and then the long-term predictability, device qualification, you know, you have you, there's device qualification and then there's device reliability. Now, in device qualification, you don't want anything to fail, but in reliability, you want everything to fail. So you can understand its different failure modes, such as things that cause intrinsic wear out or extrinsic early life failures. And this is something that we publish on a yearly basis. You know, <clears throat> understanding these different failure modes is critical to predict long term reliability through tests such as time dependent dielectric breakdown, um, along with long term DC and uh, switching models. Those simulations have, you know, have their place. We at Transform place more emphasis on more real life testing, along with going up, going up and above the traditional um, requirements of both JETIC and AC uh, qualification. So, indeed, reliability requirements would uh, change, uh, could vary significantly in different industries, such as uh, automotive. What about collaboration? So, how are you collaborating with customers? industry stakeholders to address specific requirements, specific reliability needs, uh, such as, as you said, as you mentioned in automotive, but also industrial and uh, high reliability sectors. Yeah. And that, you know, again, that's, that's important because we actually have more customers now, not just, you know, not only, you know, working with the automotive suppliers, but, you know, in the, in the consumer computing um, industrial segments uh, or markets, that are asking for automotive-like reliability, you know, especially with, you know, again, not having a long history in power electronics, they want to, they want to see more data. That's the, that's the bottom line. You know, we follow the standard JEDEC and ACQ qualification tests and comply with areas such as, you know, um, on resistance adhering to standards of shifting, you know, of shifting over long-term reliability tests, like for example, automotive, over a thousand hours of HTRB, you know, the devices cannot shift more than 20%. You know, so these, you know, these are standards that we we follow with our, our GAN technology. But we've also found that many standard, many of these standard tests used in silicon are quite useful in predicting GAN reliability, such as the HTRB, and match up well with our own internal research. You know, we we are taking you know a very active role also in the JC70 committees in supporting the development of standards and guidelines for reliability testing of GAN devices to ensure that the entire you know industry's reliability ad, ad, you know advances. And we were an integra- integral part of the recent re- you know release of JEDEC JEP 198 GAN's reverse bias reliability data documentation. So we will work with not only the standard you know, the standard bodies, but we also work with our customers in understanding their challenges, their specific mission profiles that will help define a long-term reliability. So they can provide us with their mission profile and then we can basically crank it through our, um, you know, our calculations based on our technology and give them a a good idea of what long-term reliability will look like for their technology, for their uh, applications. Great. So, Philip, we are in conclusion. As uh, the technology is evolving, as technology evolves, so what's your uh, vision for the future of power systems and the role that, again, advanced semiconductor technology will play in shaping that future? Yeah, so, you know, as the world consumes more power year over year, you know, application, 
you know, application efficiencies driving utility cost uses will continue to be reviewed. You know, simply put, GAN technology allows, you know, designers to make the systems more efficient, smaller, and lower cost. This will allow consumers to do, you know, more with less, charge faster, decrease range anxiety are two examples of this. You know, if, if a design cannot be done with silicon, then wideband gap technology is today's solution. And where there are opportunities, company suppliers will provide their options and customers will ultimately make the final decision whether they use silicon, silicon carbide or GAN. You know, the competition between silicon carbide and GAN is, is still continuing to heat up and there are areas that are still undetermined on who will actually be the winner. You know, though I, you know, I kind of believe that by 2030, um, that the, the different wideband gap technologies, and not only that, but even the structures, um, will find their respective markets and application sweet spots. Just like, you know, E-mode is being looked at as a, as a low-power solution, and D- normally off D-mode is being looked at as a more of a broad, a broad uh, spectrum, broad, broad power spectrum um, solution, because it can operate in high power as well. But no matter, no matter the winner, you know, it's really the consumer that ultimately reaps the benefits. Thanks a lot, Philip. Thank you for joining us uh, at Power Up. See you next. Thank you. Right. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned with more news and technical aspects about power electronics. If you are listening to this on the podcast page at eetimes.com or powerelectronicsnews.com, links to articles on topics we have discussed are shown on this page. Power Up is brought to you by Aspen Core Media. The host is Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio and the producer is James Ede.